0: All right, it looks like we're good to go here. I see some gameplay. Hey there, everyone! Welcome to tonight's show. This is the Xbox Roundtable podcast, show number 248, if I'm not mistaken. A uh, a place where we can talk about all things Xbox and gaming topics from well, just in general, really. I'm your host, Invader, and I have to say I'm looking forward to everything slated to cover uh, for tonight. Microsoft recently released a 33-page rebuttal fighting back against the UK's CMA. We'll go into that. Also, we will touch on... uh, What else? Konami recently having a live event for the Silent Hill franchise and announced some new games. Also... Uh, we will give our thoughts on the newly released uh, *A Plague's Tale: Requiem*. Uh, a few of the panel have played it, and uh, yeah, we'll give our impressions on it. But first, let me introduce everybody on the panel, and I will start off with Mr. Crusader. Hey, how you doing?
1: I'm really good. I've been I helped more friends move this week, as is now a, apparently a monthly tradition of mine. But um. <laughs> I also got to play uh the Forgotten City before it leaves Game Pass. Totally recommend everyone try that before it leaves Game Pass. I actually got the full one thousand gamers score which is something I don't normally do for a ton of games, hmm. but like it it's that good. And oh. uh, other than that, I've been playing Plague Tale Requiem, which um will be a Game of the Year candidate, guaranteed. It is excellent, simply excellent. And I've been playing it on PC because. It has uh, Xbox achievements on PC, and I have a 3080 Ti, so I figured I could escape the 30... Oh, I, I would have 40 FPS on console I have a 120Hz TV. But um, yeah, I, I figured I could escape it, and I've been playing it at 4K uh, 60 Ultra on PC, which has been excellent. And then uh, I've also been playing some uh, Pokemon White 2 in preparation for uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I'm trying to complete my living decks, or at least get as close to as complete as i can before before it drops which for those who don't know what a living dex is it is not just all of the full evolutions of every pokemon but it's every sub evolution as well so i'm going i want to have one of every pokemon before pokemon scarlet and violet drops and i'm at i'm about like somewhere in like the 600 700s um out of
0: 900 i did not realize there was that many pokemon but i guess that makes sense
1: regional variants and stuff too where it's like the same pokemon but they're like a different um type for a different region so i'm including that in my living decks because i want like one of each of them as well
0: nice by the way i I managed to snag a uh mtg ruinous powers commander deck oh nice yeah i saw there was one on this uh canadian online retailer and i'm like yeah i'm gonna snag that and i don't know why i i looked at this uh other deck or uh, boosters actually the uh, streets of new campina or whatever streets of new Capena,
1: yeah that was it's one
0: of the sets in standard right now it's um i just like things the... around like
1: yeah gangsters it's y- cool
0: yeah i just thought it was kind of neat it looked it had like an art deco kind of a theme to it yeah. kind of looked into the deck and i was like all right you know what I'll, I'll uh i'll pick up a few boosters and uh a bundle of that too so uh who knows man might have some uh card openings to do soon Oh, that's exciting yeah i might i might do that on my channel might do that show but uh moving on down here who else do we got eric shockley that's why
1: i'm on my show i vacuum
0: we can hear you pal we can hear you uh let's see eric shockley buddy how you doing good ready
2: getting to these uh topics here uh some of the reviews or some of the uh takes on the so I haven't jumped into the sequel yet, but I did uh, finish the uh, first one, which is really good. So I've definitely uh, decided to jump on Game Pass and try that sequel. But glad, definitely uh, interested to hear uh, everyone's take that's played it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. As we were saying before the show, uh, I haven't played the first one, but I started to play the, the second one. So, uh, you know, we'll get we'll get some different views uh, di- Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I think a lot of people on the panel have played it. Uh, Moving on down
3: here, uh, General MLD, buddy, how have you been the past week? Hey, uh, doing pretty good here. Just uh, splitting my time between uh, scoring about halfway through that. Started uh, on Plague Tale 2, going to have my impressions there soon enough and uh also started persona 5 uh this weekend so a lot of gaming uh going around here we are spoiled as xbox fans and uh yeah yeah can't wait to get into the conversation
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i gotta finish Scorn as well i'm i'm pretty much at the end i just gotta fight this one last boss that i'm having a a little bit of issues with uh but i i know i'm i'm towards the end there uh, who else do we got here? Oh, of course, Mr. Arizona Centurion, buddy. How you doing?
4: Not too bad, gentlemen. Uh, it's been a good time playing some games this week. Uh, I actually finished Scorn after we, uh, finished the show Sunday night. Um, funny part is I was able to crank that game out in a day. Uh, started it Sunday morning, finished it Sunday night. Nice. Uh, been... Finish, trying to grind out Mass Effect three. Uh closed out Leviathan DLC. Um oh my God. What are what is the other uh, I'm trying the to darkness do the Citadel. can't
1: be breached?
4: Uh, dark uh the, the, the Vi- yep, a darkness can't be breached. There was also another one and not the Citadel DLC.
1: Oh Omega? Omega.
4: Omega. I did the okay. So I did Leviathan, then I did Omega, and now I'm doing the Citadel DLC. Um and um after that I think that does it for all the DLC and I can just close out the uh, the game and just start grinding out the main the main story as quick as I can. Uh, but also on top of that, um, I will be honest, I did not do Plague's Tale uh, Requiem, uh, the game that I decided to go uh, into and I'm having a lot of fun with was Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, um, the new uh pretty much multiplayer game from Ilphonic. And I'm having a lot of fun with that
0: mm-hmm. Yeah I've been very curious About that um, I, I'm a huge Ghostbusters guy I don't, Like I'm not sure how much time You've put into it so far but uh, Would you recommend it to a Ghostbusters fan
4: I would recommend it Like at first I was like what the hell Is this I'm already like a level 15 like but there's like different Levels to stuff in the game but I would say I've probably sank already probably about 3-4 Hours into the game Um but it it's grown on me um i found myself the next day actually wanting to go home it released tuesday night at least for me when i was able to first turn it on after work and then wednesday i found myself wanting to you know get off work and go home and play more um it's definitely uh, i'm finding it fun but now there is levels to your equipment your proton pack has its own level your trap has its own level And as you use these devices, the trap is the hardest one because it only levels up when you actually trap a ghost. Um, And as you level these devices up, you open them to have different advantages, um, like increasing your tethering time or making it harder for the ghost to break the tether. Keep in mind, the ghost is controlled by another person. It's four v versus it's four v one. And that's where the ghost has actually got an extreme advantage. Um, I mean, in, if you unless you are coordinated and you got a great team with you, the ghost has the upper hand and you are like running around constantly just trying to stop the ghost who can obviously fly, soar from single story to second story without having to climb anything, go through walls. Um, the he the ghost is able to sabotage your proton pack where you have to reset it, or they slime you, or you got to start stop and start unsliming yourself. Um, but also the Ghostbusters, um, like if you're trying to hide as the ghost, you have the the PKE meter and you got to look for where the ghost is hiding inside uh, objects or where they're just trying to hide in general. Um, but there like there there's a good amount of game mechanics to the game. Um, but definitely I would don't jump into it thinking that there's going to be some massive single player campaign. There's not, there is a little bit of story. Uh, they did have uh, Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson come in and recast their roles as um, obviously um, race dance and um, Oh my God, Winston. And so There is a little bit of story there, but as you progress the game and you level your character up, some of the story is given out to you. Um, I'm just saying, don't jump into this game thinking that there's going to be this huge single-player campaign or a campaign in general. It is definitely a very heavy multiplayer-based
0: game. All right. All right. I'll uh, keep that on my radar then. I mean, hey, Ghostbusting makes me feel good. I'll say that. Sorry, guys, I had to say that line. (laughs) But uh, just so you guys know, uh, Timmy's running a little bit late, but he should be on in a little bit. Uh, And also, quick reminder that you can catch the show on a whole wide array of other video platforms. We've got a presence on Rumble that's been steadily growing, but hey, I would love to have you on there. Also, Odyssey, BitChute, and a few others. But yeah, we've been growing in a lot of other places, and we'd just love to have you join us on there uh also guys make sure to share out the show and give this video a like as hey it helps us with the algorithm and uh hey let other people know to uh join the show tonight we'd love to have them all in the chat but on that note uh okay why don't we start uh, getting into things talking about a game actually as last week we saw scorn this week we had the release of a plague tale requiem From what I can tell, it seems to be getting some pretty good reviews across the board. Well, except for maybe the Switch version from what I saw. I think there's a Switch version. Anyways, I know a few people on here on the panel were interested in checking this title out, and I played it. Uh, Crusader Bud, I know you've spent some time with it. You've been excited. What are your impressions of the game?
1: Alright, to sum it up in as few words as possible, it kicks ass. Simply put, the game is fantastic, alright? Um, I, uh, I love, love the game. It's one of the few, because it, it is horror, right? Like, I don't think anyone would quite speak that it's not a horror game. Like, there's some horrific things that happen in it, right? Like, it's, it's all, it gets real, the, the rats are creepy as all heck, you know? Um, And it is one of the few horror games that really makes me feel uneasy, but I can still absolutely play it because a lot of horror games they rely a lot on like jump scares and and things like that like Dead Space is very jump scare heavy but in Plague Tale the atmosphere is like super eerie and creepy and like the rhythm the like the, the thousands and thousands of rats that are on the ground all at once like it's it's totally different from, from a lot of horror games and that's what I really really like about it and um The story is is very 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 good it is probably one of the as far as like real life games go that you know games that are like trying to emulate like realism in their in their graphical settings it's probably one of the most beautiful games i've ever played right i'm more of a fan of stylized stuff so like i think ori like will of the wisps is a better looking game i also think that the new borderlands um game is a better looking game the wonderlands game but that's because i I like the stylized stuff because it lasts longer because like that these only last as long until someone outdoes them in a in a more realism looking game but this game looks absolutely incredible i think it's one of the most beautiful games on the market that you can play uh and and it goes from everything from like super bright and colorful with tons of colors and tons of tons of stuff everywhere to like dark and dreary and just creepy that you'd expect from like uh, a, a horror game that's filled with rats, and it, it it bounces back and forth, which is often not the case in a lot of games like this, right? Like a lot of times you'll begin and the game will be nice and bright and colorful, and then it'll it'll swap to being so dark and dreary and sad and evil looking, and the game bounces back and forth a lot between the two, and I think that's something that I really really like about it is that the 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 art palette is constantly changing um but it's just such a such a pretty game like 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 in this scene right here it's you can see it's like super bright and colorful in the on on the screen right now um at the beginning of the game and then in a in a in the next chapter it gets all dark and disgusting and and awful um but then it it'll bounce back to scenes like this and that's something that not even really the original did. The original did it maybe a little bit, but the the original was like the constant progression into like the 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 world kept looking worse and worse and worse, which was part of its part of its theme. And like that's also part of the theme of this one, but in, in this one you're you're traveling around a, quite a bit more than the last one, so like the areas aren't quite as affected. And it's just so so good it's a, the combat is still a little clunky but like it's not a game that's designed around its combat it's it's designed around stealth and you're you're supposed to stealth through a lot of the sections i brute force my way through a lot of the sections because that's how i play video games but i can get away with brute forcing stuff way better than i could in the first game so that's a massive improve, improvement improvement in in my opinion but like i thought that this game was i th- i think so far it is going to be in my top three of the year for sure
0: Hmm, that's interesting that's interesting so you don't like uh, weird penis aliens but you can handle rats no.
1: I I can <laughs> so I can barely handle the rats and the, the thing about the rats is they're the rats right like it's not it's not constant weird fleshy thing if that makes sense it, it's it's literally seeing the like human flesh in in scorn that makes me so ad- uh, unease and the constant seeing it and the fact that it's like your arms are like that and stuff so like it's never it never goes away but in this like th- the rats aren't they're, they're they're throughout the game but they're not omnipresent like in this mission you, you don't see the rats and the rats aren't always uh, present throughout like the entirety of a mission because there are other threats in the game there are other things that are happening there's a, a story that's developing and um I, I will say this though this game pushes it for me Right, it, it does definitely push it, but it, it's like right on that boundary of like it, it's it's at that perfect level of, it doesn't disgust me too much.
0: All right, that's fair. There's definitely
1: some scenes that are oh, but they don't last that long.
0: Because
1: hmm. like Dead Space Two pushed it with the 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 needle to the eye scene, spoilers for anyone who hasn't played Dead Space Two in like the fifteen years it's been out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I seen in Dead Space 2, if that had gone on any longer, I would have uninstalled the game. But it was just long enough. Just enough, if that makes sense. And then this game, I think, blends it all perfectly where it's not omnipresent gore. There's gore, but it's not omnipresent. It's it's there as much as it needs to be to create a constant sense of unease, but not constantly visually there.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, I'm one of the ones who hasn't played the original which i would like to but apparently left game pass recently it, it did leave game pass <laughs> so my loss but hey who knows i might come back right or uh maybe i can pony um, up i and wouldn't buy be
1: shocked if they bring it back but i mean that's also part of the game pass strategy is that like game pass doesn't replace buying games it it supplements buying games and part of the marketing strategy for this is, hey, you've played this one, and now you kind of want to go back and find out where it all started, and they get you to buy it. And that that is part of the whole strategy, right? Because Game Pass is built on top of a store, not not replacing one. It's not like Netflix, where Netflix came in and totally replaced everything, right? Microsoft has built this on top of their store, and part of the goal is to get people to buy things in addition to in addition to stuff, whether it be DLC or full life games. Uh, i do think it'll come back um i think that this this is this game's doing really really well on game pass it's in the top five on pc i think it's number one on cloud right now and i believe it's like number six on console at least in the us and i think that that may get them to bring back the first one very quickly to, to because it's that people are liking it that much and are playing it that much um I would recommend playing the first one. You don't There will be some spoilers like like there some of the surprises and things you learn in the first one, right? You you'll they won't be surprising to you if you play the second one first, but I wouldn't say it's like the worst thing in the world to play the second one first and then go back to the first one. Mm-hmm. Um the first one's a very very good game too. Not not quite as good as this game, right? But like it's it's almost like the I, I think a lot of people like Mass Effect 2 more than Mass Effect 1, and all things with me goes back to Mass Effect, right? Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's not an uncommon thing to say that Mass Effect 2 is superior to Mass Effect 1. I think that this is kind of a similar thing, where, like, this game is just, like, the perfection of what they started out with in um, in the first game. And they cut a lot of the, a lot of the chaff with, like, crafting and upgrading. You still do have to do crafting and upgrading, but... You learn a lot about it faster. It's quicker. It's easier. There's not as many components. They 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 streamlined it to the point where like it's still a mechanic you have to deal with, but it's not as tedious. Mm-hmm. And and so, but yeah, no, definitely I would also play the first one. The first one's also very good. Asobo is on fire, by the way. Three fire games in like three years. Yeah, right? uh, they they had Innocence, then uh, Flight Sim. And now this, in like, I think it's like three or four years. It's incredible.
0: Which I think is going to bring up another interesting uh, point maybe a little later on in this conversation. But yes, that is definitely something to note. Three really well-received, award-winning game titles from them. uh, Hit after hit after hit, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Now, Eric Shockley, buddy, I know you said you haven't uh, gotten a chance to play Uh, this one, the recent one. But what did you like about the uh, first Plague's Tale game?
2: Uh, Yeah, the first one, uh, the story was pretty cool. Um, Just the way you could kind of take out your enemies. was also, uh, you kind of had like the, uh, it'd give you an area, but you had all sorts of different um, things you could craft, but also it kind of gave you the option to go in a certain direction. Because you, at least for me, I was well short of upgrading, like all my items or all my uh, abilities, um, or like armor and stuff like that. Or um, so you and you kind of have to share those materials to upgrade, but also those materials to craft. So you kind of had to like say, "Hey, is it worth it?" I might not be able to craft some of these ne- new uh, some of these items here in this next section. I'm going to go ahead and use all these materials to upgrade this thing because it's gonna help in the long run so you kind of had that cool thing where it's kind of up to you how you want to make your character somewhat Um, and then when you get to an area you you had multiple ways of taking out somebody you could just snuff them out with a potion that kind of like puts them to sleep or one that makes them take off their helmet so then you can you know throw fire on their face and like you know (laughs) burn them alive like there's so many like Grew some ways to just kind of take it out. It kind of reminded me of like Dishonored in a way, similar rat game, but uh, where you can just kind of create chaos and do your own thing. And because there's so, you can be really creative on how you actually start taking out the enemies. Um, so that part was really cool about it. But but it, I think it's a slow burn because at the beginning, when you don't have much to go on. It takes a bit, but then once you get past that, like, first hour or so and start getting abilities and start getting really, like, almost felt like Manhunt-ish, where you're just, like, being savage with these people. So, yeah, it's definitely play the first one, because that way you'll have nothing spoiled going into this one. You'll have all of that backstory, and it will probably end up being even better.
3: All right.
0: All right, that's interesting comparison there to Manhunt. I would have never uh, expected that kind of a comparison, but good to know. Good to know. Uh, let's see, General MLD, buddy. I can't remember. Did you say you had started playing this game, or I know you got a, like quite a few things on the back burner right now. But uh, you know, if you have, you have. not what are your thoughts on this new release?
3: Oh yeah, I played the first uh, couple chapters. I think there's like seventeen chapters in the game, so I still got a ways to go, but. Uh, my first impressions are yeah, this game is amazing. It's a bit, I played I played the first game also on Game Pass. So on that note, I want to comment just how like I really believe in Game Pass discovery. I probably wouldn't have uh played this game if it wasn't on Game Pass. Thinking it was just some uh, you know maybe some average game, uh third person kind of thing. But, but but because it's so accessible, you try it out, and you're just blown away by how wrong you were by how good this game is. And I really enjoyed my the, the first game. Story was good, gameplay was good. And this one, it just seems like it it's better and it, it takes it up a notch. Uh, the deeper me- gaming mechanics, uh, you get like it, 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 it get a little more lenient in your combat because in the first game, if someone if a guard caught you, you, you were dead. Like case closed. In this one, you get more a little more of a leniency in that, and it, and it gives you a way to handle a situation. You can go pure stealth, or you can go like. Like more a little more action oriented. It's really up to you. So I do like that. It gives the player a little more uh, a little more choice in how to handle the game. Uh, I like how in general the game forces you to play smart. Like when the rats come out and you gotta like light the fires and you know like make your way across an area that would at first glance would be inaccessible completely. But when you get across and you figure out figure out how to get how to do it you feel pretty good about yourself. Like, Oh, you figure that out. You, you're, you're progressing the game. It's not bad. I I love period piece games. This is like 1300s France. Like I love just being taken back in time to a, to a more simple time. Like just everything, everything is just so primitive. It, it's so simple. I, I love it. And, um, what is it? What else? I, yeah. The puzzles, the graphics are by far a step up. Like, how game this is a solid game pass get because just the game i don't know this is some of some of the best graphics i've seen this entire generation so far and yeah the the fact that xbox secured it like good on them and it's only for our benefit and anyone with a passing um like for this kind of game i you at least have to try it because xbox paid i'm sure like uh, some decent money to, for us to have the privilege to have this game at a low barrier, so there's no excuse not to try it out now um What is it uh- Crusader calls this a horror game I call it more a psychological thriller like i i'm I'm more familiar with horror games like like i I didn't feel like like true fear but i you do you do feel a certain in my opinion of course everyone's different, but I felt more of like a unease you feel the tension um I feel like the music plays a big part in that. You have that like, that scary violin uh, that, that makes, makes you feel like what's around the corner kind of thing. I do like that. And of course, you see all the, all the dead bodies and the rats. Like, it, you being in that situation surrounded by death, it doesn't make you feel very comfortable. And, I, I, and that's what, yeah, that's what to me makes it a little more of a psychological kind of game, which is good, which is good. So, love this game. Gonna keep playing it. Maybe I'll finish it by the uh, end, end of November. I, 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 I'm, I, again, I'm spending my time between multiple games at once, but it's a solid sequel, and I highly recommend it.
0: All right. All right. Very nice. Yeah, it's interesting because I don't know, I've always had my eye on this title. But again, being in Game Pass, like I, I, there's been a lot to play recently, right? Whether it be Game Pass or just games that I've just had on my own back burner, the backlog. Uh, but this one caught my eye, and yeah, I gotta admit, I'm impressed. The uh, voice acting is pretty good. Uh, gameplay so far is fun. I mean, I'll admit, I'm not huge on like hiding in games a lot of the time, uh, but yeah, so far it's. I, don't know, I find the story interesting, and the game is beautiful. So, it has a lot going for it, in my opinion. I did see some fud about it when the first reviews started coming out for it about uh, that the uh, frame rate was low. But then, I don't know, it seems to be refuted anyways, depending on what mode you're on.
1: It's 30 or 40. It's 30 on 60 hertz and 40 on 120 hertz.
3: Yeah, like, to me, that doesn't really factor because this isn't a fast-paced kind of game. It's not like a fighter or like a racing game. Like or, or, an, or an FPS where like your split second, you know, controls matter. This is a very, it's a slower paced stealth kind of game where you're moving very slowly and deliberately. So in that regard, I think it depends on the genre. In this case, I think it's okay because it's such a slow paced kind of game. It's a linear kind of game where you're just taking the surroundings uh, at your own pace. It's not a fast paced game. So I think I think it's okay in this situation.
0: Okay. Alright. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh moving on over to you, Centurion. I know you haven't uh touched this game. Uh are you interested in uh giving a shot at some point or have you played the first one at all?
4: Um at some point I'll play it. I haven't played the first one yet. I really need to. Um so uh quick um kind of like um fact here. I take full advantage of games being in Game Pass, and what I mean by that, retailers have this big old butt soreness about something being in Game Pass because that means that for some reason people aren't going to buy the damn game, and they'll, like, go out and clearance the thing at your local Walmart for, like, 15 bucks. I happen to find a physical copy of Plague Tales Innocence, and it's actually still here in the plastic. Uh, picked that thing up literally for, like, I think it was, like, $15 uh, physical, like, right when it first came out. So, um, I have the first game here. Um, I know I need to unwrap that thing and play it. Um, I've heard such great things about it. Um, I know Asobo does good things in gaming. Uh, you know, kind of like a, I still need to play Hellblade, and I actually own the digital version of Hellblade. Um, but that was also before Hellblade even came to Game Pass. Um, that being said, I guess... Least for me, just because a game is in Game Pass doesn't mean that it's not worth my time purchasing. Um, I I want to be able to own the titles that interest me. Um, And when I get so that way, when I do get around to playing them, I can uh, play this. I've seen a lot of gameplay, I've heard a lot of people talking about it. I know it's a game that I will enjoy playing. Uh, It just happens that I work so much that I stick with the games that I'm already playing. And, you know, I already had pre-ordered Ghostbusters at that point. So I, you know, I sank my own money into wanting to play a game. So that's kind of like where I I put putting this game on the back burner. Uh, But it's good to hear that people are excited about it. They're having a great time with it. Um, It's good to know that Asobo, once again, doesn't just uh, take things at face value. They're always willing to improve and Uh, build upon uh, a game that's already been established um, especially with uh, adding on to the game mechanics creating different environments with more color and detail to them compared to the first game according to Crusader and General MLD Um, definitely something that I'm going to be looking forward to I just don't know when I'm going to get around to playing it
0: fair enough fair enough and uh, hey you know sounds like we have a similar issue right now too much to play at this point and you know working very hard as well Um, but you know, something that we touched a bit on earlier, guys, this is a very successful studio right now, Asobo, they did very well with Microsoft Flight Simulator on both PC and Xbox platforms, then you have both A Plague Tale Innocence, the first game, and now the new release of Requiem, uh, yeah, they've had, they've certainly been on a roll here, so i guess the question come comes up is you know is this a studio that is likely gonna get a lot of eyes on them for acquisition
2: so
3: i
1: was was gonna say so they really have seemed to want to stay independent to the point where they've been accepting private equity firms investing in them They, they are a private company they're not publicly traded but they do um allow for uh uh, parties to invest into their company and I there's a European equity firm that owns like 30% of them so there, I, I would not reckon that um, it would necessarily be an easy target for anyone to necessarily move to acquire them because they are positioning themselves in such a way that they have kind of the same kind of economic freedom that would come from being owned uh, but also um, uh, being able to be independent and choosing their, um, their, th- like, who they work with and things like that. Um, if anyone was going to buy them, I would actually guess that it would be, uh, uh, shoot, who's the developer? Focus, is it, ju- they're just Focus Entertainment now, right? They're no longer Focus Home. Um, if I had to guess, that publisher would, would 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 move to acquire them because they're, like, one of their most successful external partners um Mm -hmm. they're like a a french entertainment publisher they're gonna be a huge publisher moving forward Um, yeah they they keep they keep releasing good stuff they're publishing the next uh uh uh, what is it not not uh the space marines game space marines 2 they're publishing the next one of that they published greedfall and they're publishing greedfall 2 i think they own deck 13 yes um so if i had to make a guess as to who would be looking at them i mean of course microsoft's looking at them microsoft's not really in a position to buy other things right now they're just they're just not well maybe and, not right
0: now but... yeah not
1: right now but if i had to guess if someone was going to get them it would be focus home but focus home has a great relationship with microsoft and i i i wouldn't like i i they are the ones who you know focus homes the ones to put this on game pass to begin with right that that's just the case. They're the publisher. They they handle distribution, and they, they they focus. Home itself seems to be a great partner with Microsoft because they 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 seem to really like putting stuff on Game Pass. The fo- the Plague Tale um, Innocence was on Game Pass for the longest time. Greedfall I think is still on Game Pass. I wouldn't be shocked to hear that Greedfall two once it's a little closer to its launch, I wouldn't be shocked to hear that it gets announced for for Game Pass. Um, so. Like Microsoft doesn't need to own everything, and even if Focus Home got them, it would still be a great like. It it wouldn't take anything away. It wouldn't. In fact, it would probably just bring them closer. Uh, They're going to be working with Microsoft for the next forever because I think they have a ten year plan for updating and maintaining and making Flight Sim better. Um. So is it out of the picture? No, but like I, I see, I see Focus Home as the likely candidate.
0: All right. All right. Yeah. No, actually, that's an interesting, uh, yeah, very interesting thought there. Uh, Centurion, I know you wanted to chime in. Uh, Got any thoughts?
4: Oh, you know, that's where I would, I think, kind of like Crusader could have said it, couldn't have said it any better. The fact that Microsoft doesn't need to own everything. Um, I know there's all these things that Microsoft has made an offer for Osobo in the past. The, the apparently in the flight simulator demo that was released or the trailer before the game came out, uh, somehow people were using some kind of like you know con- like I don't want to say conspiracy theory, but some kind of way of manipulating the controls on the dashboard saying that a was in, like, their name was in there and stuff like that. And that they were going to somehow purchase a And this was like in the controls of the, of the plane during the demo. Um, I don't really see that where, you know, Asoba is doing a really good job right now. They're making a good name for themselves and there's no reason for them to have to put themselves in the corner of being owned by any one company. Um, I mean, like if you want to stay a multi-platform publisher or a developer per se, you want to be able to have some of those freedoms that Crusader described and i don't really see a sobo in a position where they're really hurting for money they they make really good games uh they have a good direction going for the company and they are very young as a developer in my opinion and that's where you know why stop and just you know sell the business off now when you know like you could probably go so much further um and i mean that's where i'm at on the whole situation is i'm with crusader on that microsoft doesn't need to own everything game pass is a good avenue for every developer to use to get um attention to their game um like a lot of people like general mld is a big heavy user of game pass takes full advantage of a lot of the titles that come into game pass and he is the perfect consumer for developers to want to be targeting to create awareness for their title and using game pass as an avenue for doing that. So there's no reason to kind of, you know, corner yourself into having to be purchased by a company just to succeed when literally there's now subscription services are starting to become a big deal in the gaming industry and more and more developers are able to take advantage of these services.
0: Mm -hmm. No, well said. Well said there, uh, centurion uh any other thoughts guys any others uh yes no
3: no they they pretty much nailed it here i think having a good good relationship is the best thing they can do at least if they can at least it prevents the competition from doing any like day one kind of deals that would lock out xbox players because it looks like they're pretty happy with whatever arrangement they have with xbox so that's always good news well, I feel like if they could buy someone it wouldn't be the worst idea cuz I mean they they would cash in on more flight simulator revenue cuz it's all theirs technically. But eh, even if they don't it's win-win either way. They have a good relationship.
1: Oh, on Microsoft's side it would be a brilliant purchase. Like like don't don't get that wrong. It's just when I think of these I try to think of it from the companies, from the the smaller company's perspective, like do I want to be sold right now? If that makes sense, from Microsoft's perspective, it would be brilliant to get these people under their helm, right? They're they 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 have something that the, the Xbox kind of lacks a little bit, which is those third-person action adventure games. This is yep. a third-person action adventure game. It's a psychological exactly. thriller or horror, whatever you want to call it. Um, but you know that they're brilliant devs, so like Microsoft could probably absolutely love to own them, right? I I was speaking merely from the 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 Asobo stance.
3: No, you're right. In that regard, they're not ready yet uh, yeah. They, they, yeah they're they're doing just fine on their own. Yeah. also, to add on, just not real quick into, but not also
4: to interrupt. um this is a conversation that probably will take place later in the show. um but also, developers now have to take notice about how a lot of world world regulators are starting to make it to where you might not be able to be bought out. Um, basically they're gonna make it an absolute pain in the ass and so it's pretty much coming to a point where developers are going to have to start really figuring out how to make themselves successful without being without the concept of being bought out by any company in the industry as the end goal because that might not be possible due to the fact that we're seeing a much heavier crackdown on uh, at least on the tech side of businesses
0: yeah, well said there, Centurion. Um, Honestly, Asobo is proving themselves to be a, a very, very um good studio. Like, Plague's Tale is a very interesting franchise. They've done a lot with uh, Flight Simulator. And uh, yeah, honestly, uh, we'll see what's in store f- uh, for them in the future. But I can see a lot of big publishers eyeing them at the moment, even the ones that... You know have a little bit invested in them uh, as of right now but uh, yeah guys uh, we will move on to some other stuff uh, but check out Plague's Tale too. it's uh, so far I'm enjoying my time with it also uh, to everybody just filing in uh, hey it's great to see you all here and we'd love to have more people here so guys share this show out let everybody know that we are live now talking about Plague's Tale Uh, CMA and a few other things. And hey, smash that like button if you haven't already and sub to the channel because we would love to have you stick around. But yeah, with that being said, we will move on to other news and it's a bit of a spicy one. Uh, In a bold move, Microsoft has responded to the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, the uh, CMA for short. And in the 33-page response, Microsoft states that uh playstation and nintendo have been market leaders for generations while xbox has been third place currently in the industry uh and yeah it's just it's very interesting uh going on to call the acquisition of activision blizzard king basically fair competition all the while it seems as if the cma is protecting sony for some odd reason just very interesting stuff here. Now, General MLD, my very inquisitive friend, uh what do you think about uh, of Microsoft's response to this CMA because to me it seems like
3: they're ready to fight tooth and nail for this deal. Oh yeah, uh, this is definitely uh oh, this is so spicy because people read the uh CMA's phase 1 decision and all everyone's all of a sudden the knee jerk reaction doom and gloom this deal's going to fail. And then this drops and I've never been worried because I I mean, I'm not 100% sure it's going to go through this thing. But I do know that Microsoft has literally the best lawyers money can buy and this 33 page document is (laughs) it's no it's a testament to that. Now, I'm only going to go through like certain bullet points, but overall, it's pretty scathing. It pokes holes in every argument the CMA does. And if this goes into like, you know, like a proper phase two where the, the where they have to argue about it point by point in person, the CMA is going to be very hard pressed to hold on to their arguments. Now, because ultimately Xbox, they're not the market leader. They're trying to catch up, level the playing field. It's not like they're um, um the market leader trying to hold on to their lead. They're the underdog. Well, again, Xbox is the underdog, not Microsoft, but... I like to view Xbox as like the, uh, what is it? The underprivileged kid that just inherited his lost uncle's billions. I don't know. Something (laughs) like, something like that. But, uh, yeah, let me just get into it here. So in terms of all the pages there, there's no evidence to suggest that they plan to take Call of Duty away. They offered a contract that had a certain year expiry date, but I take that they can easily argue that as well. We don't want to just give it away, make Call of Duty multiply it in perpetuity. Let's like wait X amount of years, see where the IP is at, at that time, and renegotiate the contract you know, based on that, which I think is a pretty reasonable thing to do. And also, uh, Call of Duty, it should not be compared to other FPS games in, in uh, that it's competing with, like Apex or whatever, but Xbox argues that... There, it actually competes with other big titles in the industry at the same time, regardless of genre, like Fortnite, FIFA, Minecraft, Rocket League, GTA Online. Uh, the, the stats show that Call of Duty players also play these games. So this it really isn't the end all, be all IP that will make or break a uh, make or break a, a, co- a console brand. Now they also uh, said they they actually made a bold claim here they said to scrutinize Sony's numbers that they gave to the CMA. They suggested that maybe they fudged some numbers about call of duty revenues and they could potentially be falsified. So they, I I think that's definitely something that they should do. If they're just taking Sony's uh, evidence at face value, they should, if they're going to, let me just say this, if they're going to scrutinize Xbox, Xbox's claims, they should also scrutinize Sony's claims at the same time, which is fair to say. And, even though they're not going to do it, because they say they're not, if Sony lost all Call of Duty users, which again, they claim it's going to stay multi-plat, PlayStation will still have more monthly active users than Xbox. Basically, PlayStation, they're the market leader, they will be just fine, no matter what Xbox does. And ultimately, that's good, that competition will not be hindered in there. And the CMA, they do a lot of speculation on the future of Xbox, should the deal go through the implications of of gaming subscription models but xbox argues that playstation sorry they they don't speculate on how playstation would adapt like they're the market leader they got the brand name they got the first party they got their third party deals they failed to speculate how playstation will adapt to the market and attempt to remain relevant so it's clearly not a a two-way street they're clearly uh, because they also accuse uh the cma of a deliberate Sony bias. They actually point out that Sony was mentioned 57 times in their phase one report and only mentioned the word consumers 10 times. That right there is a big little, uh, little, little something to consider here, that they're taking maybe Sony's concerns at face value and not really forming their own objective opinions. And then you have the cases of the history History is directly in Xbox's favor. Minecraft, bought, they bought Mojang how many years ago? Still on PlayStation. Fall 76, Elder Scrolls Online, Wasteland 3, Psychonauts 2, Skyrim, which just re-released last year, also on PlayStation. They do, they do not pull existing games from PlayStation. This is a fact that they simply have overlooked. And I think what a, a particularly scathing argument in Xbox's favor... Is that Xbox believes in crossplay? Call of Duty has crossplay enabled. So taking it away from PlayStation literally makes no sense. You're just pissing off the PlayStation user base. And it's gonna hurt the IP in general and ultimately Xbox revenue. Re- remember, PlayStation is the one that fought tooth and nail against crossplay. They charged developers to implement crossplay. Xbox was always very progressive in this regard. So, given that it is in their best interest to keep call of duty multi-platform and keep cross-play intact so and in the end like i'm almost done here because there's a lot to go through here but xbox they're a minor player in console even if this thing goes through they're a minor player in pc because you got steam they're a minor player in mobile because you got apple and android app stores and cloud market is so small the market cap for that is so small it is still literally anybody's game Remember, PS PlayStation Now came out years before Game Pass, and that started out as a cloud service. Again, it depends on how hard a company is willing to try to make it in that in, in that little market and help it grow. So these anti-acquisition arguments, they are rooted in emotion, speculation, and fear. And I think Xbox, their legal team, these guys are S tier, and I think they're gonna have a solid case. For this acquisition to go through. And also, on the side note, I recommend everybody um, who's an Xbox fan here communic- send an email to the CMA. They offered uh, the choice for fans, the, the general public, to voice their concerns. I recommend writing an email to them. It's, it's a quick Google, Google search away. Uh, try to remain objective, not emotional. Stick to the facts. How, yeah, Xbox, they're just trying to level the playing field, make it a more even, competitive environment for everybody and ultimately playstation they'll be just fine like i'm an xbox fan everyone knows that but even now, i know playstation will be will be just fine they will endure so yeah this it, this is gonna get spicy as the months go on but i think xbox is uh pretty good
0: damn you really did your homework there mld
3: <laughs> oh, yes. oh yes i'm invested in this <laughs> well I want, I, I want game pass to get as good as possible because as um what as uh, someone uh, who said it here, um, Centurion said, like, I'm a Game Pass guy through and through. I play so many games that I discover that I, w- I would not have played otherwise. There are so many Activision Blizzard games I want. I, I really want to play once they hit Game Pass, as opposed to just buying them all individually and spending hundreds of dollars. This way I can just play them all like on the service. Boom, like 100 saved. Easy. I, I think I, every Xbox Game Pass user should want to get the most out of their service, and that's not—that's a completely normal thing to want. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, totally. And you're right. There's a lot to like dive into, like really deep with this 33 page uh, response from Microsoft. But they make a lot of valid points, and you brought them up very well uh curious what other panel members think uh eric shockley buddy i'll hit you up i don't know if you had a chance to like go through some of i guess you would call it microsoft's rebuttal to the cma i guess there's a lot of wording you could use here but um i don't know what what do you think about xbox kind of uh you know tackling this uh fighting back uh to the cma
2: yeah i mean they made good points it's kind of what they've been kind of saying or pointing out like early on uh, when they've had some other reviews, um, you know, basically like, look, (laughs) look at Sony's position, look how they've, you know, dominated over the past, you know, 20 coming up or close to, you know, no, nearly 30 years here. Um, And just look at the last generation. Like they absolutely had a stranglehold over the, you know, the gaming market. Because for the most part, for at least the first half of it, you you didn't have the switch involved, so it literally was like obliterating the Wii U, obliterating uh, the Xbox. Um, you know, two to one. It got to like three to one at one point. So I mean, when you look at that in comparison, like even if some of these games don't all <laughs> stay on there, you know, the likelihood that they'll completely surpass. Sony um, in market share. And not only that, like, you know, have such a strangle, have like the reverse opposite that Sony had on Xbox last gen is hi- probably highly unlikely. <laughs> um, you know, Sony's dominated so for so long. Plus, like in Japan, Xbox is doing way better than it has did last gen. But it's still, when you look at those numbers, it's uh, dropping a bucket. In comparison to like the Switch or even PlayStation, um, and even in like Europe, even though, even though Xbox has been close in the you know earlier in earlier in the year, more probably due to uh, uh, chip shortages um, and stock. Like you're you're looking at those numbers now, and Sony's beating them worldwide when you look at those like weekly numbers, and a lot of it is because they're getting you know easily outsold in europe so i mean sony has such a long uh history like in europe and just like people because people weren't playing anything else other than like playstation like in the late 90s there was like sure sega was doing you know decent but like with their you know going from genesis that was big over there in europe but then still the sega saturn overall didn't do well much places other than japan (laughs) So Sony themselves, like no one was buying N64s. Uh, I mean, I, I I felt when I had it N64 that like it was doing very well against, you know, as a kid, uh, against the PlayStation, just because every kid I knew had a had an N64. Not every kid I knew had a PlayStation, and it was like that's the one you would want to play with your friends because they had all those cool party games. Um, but when you look at it, you know, look go back and look at. Uh, PlayStation, they had a complete stranglehold for two generations in a row, just with PS1, PS2. So that allowed them, since Sony, uh, Sega and Nintendo literally just gave them the almost the entire market with no competition, because one went with cartridges, so basically no third parties could make games for you. And then the other one um, just, you know... <laughs> They they went the smart route. Sega went the smart route with the disc, um, but they made their console. It was too similar, and it was too more too much uh, too expensive, and it was harder to develop for. Like if Sony wasn't there, Sega would be probably a dominant force because they would have destroyed the N sixty four with the Sega Saturn, because all those you know Final Fantasy seven, Metal Gear Solid, all those big huge titles that made PlayStation what it was would have just gone to the Saturn because they couldn't have been made for the N64. Um, uh, but that's the thing. They both of those two juggernauts completely just imploded and just literally gave Sony the easiest entry to just dominate, you know, with n- barely any, you know, they didn't really have to do anything. It was a complete layup. It's like, here, it's right there. Just take it from us. And then they took it and then they dominated the hell out of them. Um, For those first two generations and then even with ps3 when they took a a step back and somewhat they they, the blu-ray ended up you know being a big boom towards the end of the second half um and then they did just fine technically they outpaced the 360 pretty much the entire their entire lifespan um from out, out outside of that first year which was pretty parallel to the 360. if you count that after they outpaced them it was just they were a year behind so you always looked at the 360 number as being bigger until the very end um so i I mean it's just hard to say it's just hard for to me to see like the cma saying like hey this is going to be so detrimental to sony i'm like how it's look how dominant they are (laughs) it's it just doesn't make any sense like it's kind of ridiculous um (laughs) I mean, just you just look at where such a name brand what PlayStation is like. Xbox changes its name to Xbox One, and people don't even know what the hell that is or 360. And then now the other and people were saying like they say you know get confused with their names Series X, Series S. Um, (laughs) I mean, PlayStation has such a streamlined name name brand where people know that name, you know, even better. PlayStation and Nintendo just go hand in hand way more in ubiquitous, um, across all worldwide regions, whereas Xbox is still trying to hit that global threshold. Um, you know, especially like in, like I mentioned before, like in Japan and other markets that they're not in, in comparison. So it's, it's just hard to say like, you're, they're going to be like, they're going to be so hurt and their industry is going to just like ripple now. No, that's just laughable. <laughs> it might be more competitive, um and it, like a uh, general Modi said like they have a uh a reason to keep those games on there to keep activision's titles as big as they currently are now um i think the thing about that wording of like hey we're gonna get give you the uh you know that we're not gonna guarantee you stuff past you know 2027 is because you need to have some leverage sometimes like if i think we've mentioned before in uh, past podcasts that like hey if they want to do some i don't know something that you're not you know liking you don't want to just in perpetuity like hey here's a contract in perpetuity you're going to have call of duty no matter what no you want to have some leverage so if like something goes down and sony decides whatever deal they had with bungie that hey they're going to make destiny, whatever, or whatever those titles are now exclusive, then Microsoft can be like, okay, cool. Well, then we can kind of do the same thing. (laughs) You know, if they try to pull some of that stuff or just in general, there might be some, you know, semantics in those contracts that Microsoft might want to negotiate. (laughs) You know, there's just certain things in a contract where, okay, maybe I want to, you know, negotiate this part of it, just like you see in sports. Where you have people restructure a contract, like you don't want to just like, hey, in perpetuity, no matter what, no matter what happens, because we don't know where the gaming industry is going to be in a decade, two decades, like how different it will be, and maybe they need to change up that contract or adjust it somehow. So, the, you know, there's no reason for any company to give a indefinite, you know, contract. Like, doesn't make any sense.
0: Mm-hmm. No, well said there, Eric. Uh, you hit on a uh, couple of really uh, interesting points that I'll, I'll be honest, I wasn't thinking about. But uh, yeah, no, that's uh, no, you're right. Uh, definitely in- interesting uh, train of thought there, pal. Uh, Crusader, I know you're chomping on the bit to get in, but first I want to get Centurion I in I was going
1: to tell you to do Centurion first because <laughs> mine is tangential <laughs> to this conversation. MLD started what I'm going to say and I'm going to finish it
0: all right sounds good sounds good because uh, i know everybody here has a lot to pick at with uh you know what's going on here with the cma uh yep yeah, but centurion but uh, you're up next uh what are your thoughts on this whole uh cma obviously uh you know microsoft is uh not backing down here and uh seem to be putting up a fight with their response uh what's your thoughts on their uh 33 page letter and more
4: Well, before I make my comment, um, I want everybody to know I want this deal to go through. I am an Xbox supporter. But that being said, I have also been the person since the day that this announcement came out that, that, you know, oh, my God, the coming of the Messiah, Xbox is getting Activision. We have won. I told everybody to go sit down and reserve themselves. (laughs) And that got me a lot of booze. And because everybody thought this deal was going to be signed, sealed, and delivered. Oh, I shit. Thought,
0: I thought they were saying boo earns. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> yeah. I
4: and I'm not trying earns. to be I'm not trying to say that in a mean way. I'm just trying to say I knew what was happening. Now, I thought we'd see more of it with the FTC and and FTC Chairman Khan and how she has taken the stance on wanting to be uh, more proactive on controlling tech companies. I have noticed now that the FTC has taken a step back because apparently the CMA has gone very power thirsty. They have taken pride in the fact that they are the biggest assholes in government and in, in regulations around the world. And a lot of regulators around the world basically sit back and let the the CMA make these decisions for them because at this point, they know that the CMA are some of the most scrutinous people in in regulating uh, buyouts like this. I've even come to the point where I said it the other day that the CMA, in my opinion, are nothing but a snob- bunch of snobbish dictators that think they know uh, what's best for everybody else. And the reason why I say dictators is because, yes, um, I will agree with General MLD, Microsoft has some damn good lawyers but you like everybody i got bad news you cannot sue the cma like you can the ftc you could come at them with the best lawyers in the world and the cma is protected by the united kingdom by a group known as cat um it's i think it stands for like a consumer advisory tribunal um the word tribunal is not very used very heavily in a lot of uh, law stuff, especially here in the United States, but the tribunal protects the CMA. If you can't get through CAT, the CMA will never see a single thing from you on a legal judiciary stance. You you won't even get through the front gates. You, basically, CAT will tell you to just take your ball, go home, and the only thing, and what will happen is Cat basically judges if the CMA um, acts um, logically. They're not allowed. Basically, if the CMA does anything very illogical or um, crazy, that's when Cat will come in and tell the CMA, hey, you need to reevaluate this, you need to reevaluate that. But not at any time will Cat come in and be like, all right, CMA, you're removed from the equation. No. They will just basically pass the deal back to the CMA and say what they need to reevaluate, but no matter what, the CMA is always going to have the final say. And now we always see these conversations that go around like, "Well, Xbox, you know, what if it's the CMA? What if the CMA blocks it and other countries approve it?" Well, regretfully, everybody, um, excuse the four letter word, but if the, the CMA can fuck this whole deal up, they can. They have the power to. And the, one of the things that we all need to be aware of is I don't know this for a fact, but when you make a declaration that you're going to buy a company out, there's sometimes fine print in those declarations that say that you need to pass approval through the FTC, the UK, the, uh, the, um, oh my God, the UN or whatever it is, the, like the, the EU, sorry, the EU, not the UN, the EU, the FTC, the EU and the CMA, the big three. And sometimes those clauses will say that if any one of those groups block, the deal is quashed, done. And we don't know. We do not have that declaration. We do not know for a fact. But if that statement is in the contract saying that the CMA has to approve it and they move to block, the deal's done because it's a contract. You can't just all of a sudden be like, well, you know, well, it didn't happen. Let's change our minds. The other situation is if the CMA moves to block, and that, de- and that wording is not in the contract. Well, now the Microsoft has to deal with a problem. They're heavily ingrained in the UK and the world over there. For th- They are not going to stop selling software, Azure, and the other services that are the backbone of Microsoft in the name of preserving Activision for video games. I'm not trying to be mean in saying that but the only the only thing they could do is at least the one argument that I have heard one person talking about is they could take a short term approach of where they basically do try to pull back software and they basically almost like create a little bit of a of an economic situation over in the UK by, um by wrangling back what they do over in the UK which would cause the public to want the CMA to reevaluate their decision or change whatever laws need to be changed. so that way Microsoft could be allowed to compete in their net in their um, economy. Um, but that's definitely a very big gamble for Microsoft. And you know, at least the people I choose to listen to on YouTube and the articles I read, they don't really see Microsoft really wanting to blow up what has been the backbone of Microsoft for many years in the name of Activision. Um, and the real reason why I'm concerned about this deal and where some of the the places I've listened to um, have gone from saying it's 70-30 to 60-40 now, uh, 40% being blocked, 60% going through. There's still a good chance it's going to go through. But the real concern, especially when I am sitting down right now listening to Richard Hogue over on Hogue Law on YouTube, um, he did a like over seven-hour live podcast. I'm like three hours deep on this. And he is going through every line of the CMA's complaint. And the big concerning fact is the CMA, and I put a tweet out about this. A lot of people didn't react to it because maybe they didn't understand. Uh, The CMA, for some reason, is acting like they're conducting themselves with a crystal ball and that they are from the future and they they know what Microsoft is going to do even though Microsoft has not done it yet. And a lot of the complaints that the CMA has done... Uh, Yeah, they've mentioned Sony a lot. They barely talk about the consumer. The other problem is they love using terms like hypothetical, assuming, um, and the big one is dynamic market. Um, The concept of a dynamic market is emerging markets like cloud. We have no idea where those industries are going, who's going to appear in those industries, who's going to succeed in those industries. So it's a guessing game. The FTC out here in the United States likes to base things on a static market or basically what is going on in 2022, not, could, not what could be in 2032. They're judging themselves based on 2022 and what's actively going on in the world economy. And that's where the FTC has been relatively silent because they're wanting to gauge it on what's happening today. Um, but for some reason the CMA seems very wrapped up in wanting to uh, talk about the hypothetical and the what ifs and the potential that this could cause problems in the future and it's like they're trying to stop microsoft from making moves that microsoft either may not ever make or hasn't made um it's very interesting i do not agree with what the cma is doing um but regretfully this is this is the road that the cma is choosing to go down they're wanting to look far into the future and for some reason act like they're trying to protect consumers in the name of Sony. I don't know why they're doing this. Um, It's very interesting. It's been a very fun spectator sport watching this this whole thing take place, which goes back to when I originally got booed back in january because i told everybody to be reserved and i was not going to go running down the yellow brick road screaming the wicked witch is dead because i knew that there was going to be some (laughs) government regulators that were going to screw this up
0: yeah i mean it's okay to be excited obviously i think everybody here was just like still taking it in i mean heck now i'm still like wow you know they made that move but i knew realistically, you know, when, once you settle down from the news, come back down to Earth, Uh, yeah, I mean, there was going to be a lot of scrutiny involved, so. Yeah,
4: and that's where I'm not trying, I mean, it's something to be excited about, Um, but, you know, let's look at the, let's look at the big elephant in the room and the big problem, not to ramble on, but regretfully, it's like having a criminal record. That shit follows you around, whether you like it or not. And Microsoft, back in the early 2000s, was supposed to be dismantled because of the crap they pulled with Microsoft Internet Explorer. And one of the complaints that that the CMA pointed out was by having such a strong, strong foothold in cloud gaming with the Activision buyout, this means that more developers and other people that want to get into the gaming industry are going to have to lean on Microsoft software to develop their games, to get them on this cloud network, which feels more like that early 2000s Microsoft that literally got them sued and they were told to dismantle the company, but somehow Microsoft was able to negotiate and go through a lot of litigation to avoid that dismantling of Microsoft. But this is where the CMA yeah, I guess is a very unforgiving organization and they are scrutinizing Microsoft because they are Microsoft.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and that's a fair comment. And I remember your warnings from back in the day. You're right. And that was a very level-headed approach, honestly, uh, because there was no way this deal was going to go forward without <laughs> a lot of scrutiny, a lot of scrutiny.
4: Oh, for real, a lot of, sc- Dude, this is $70 billion. Hmm. Um, But that being said, Uh, to to close at least my statement out. If by some chance the CMA moves to block this with Sony's name all over this, they are, they are effed like Mike, like Sony. I hope you're listening. I hope you Sony fans out there are listening. Mm -hmm. Sony is a multi-billion dollar company and they are poking a stick at a multi-trillion dollar company. Satya Nadala is backing Phil Spencer. Where's Jim Ryan's boss? Oh, he's being stoically silent. The only one that's out there bitching and whining is Jim Ryan. I don't think he has the full support of Sony like Microsoft. I mean, excuse me, Phil Spencer has with Satya Nidala. Mm -hmm. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about that right now. There's $70 billion sitting in a bank account right now waiting to buy Activision. And all of a sudden this deal gets quashed. You think they're going to take that $70 billion in the back and burn it with the Joker? No. They're going to take that $70 billion and they're going to money hat every freaking exclusive, every freaking piece of DLC, and they're going to make every back-end freaking deal they can, and they are going to literally choke freaking Sony. On top of that, do you really think Activision is going to be buddy-buddy with freaking Sony for blowing a deal? The entire board of Activision is counting on that money that they're going to get from Microsoft. And here comes Sony, somebody that literally is doing business with them right now. Do you really think that by some chance they're going to walk away with the freaking marketing for Call of Duty after this? It's going to be like this. Oh, Sony, you only gave us $500 million uh, to have marketing for Call of Duty. Well, Microsoft gave us 550. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be like that. Like literally, like Sony is playing with fire right now because the only thing government regulators can do is regulate buyouts and mergers. They cannot regulate contracted negotiated deals, back end deals, uh, exclusive like we already what happens if Microsoft decides to play the same game Sony does every single year? but does it better and has a bigger checkbook that starts with a bank account with $70 billion at Phil Spencer's disposal. Good luck, Sony.
1: Frankly, I'd feel like uh, it's what would happen, right? It's what will happen. Frankly, I'd feel it's a regression in the industry. But I'm the person here who would prefer literally everything to be on subservices, and I don't give a shit about exclusivity. Make your subservices better, because I legitimately just benefit more, right? Like, I, I don't care. I'd, I'd rather them spend no money on exclusive rights and spend everything on getting all my games and game pass, right? But that, that that's me. And so, like, I would be like, ugh. They would cause a massive regression for me as a consumer in the industry. Like And it, it wouldn't be Microsoft's fault. Microsoft would be playing the game that they're out to play. They're playing the the, the market the way that they made they are now forced into the corner of doing which is fine you know it's acceptable for them to do it but like for me it's just like uh, you know i I love that instead of plague tale requiem being an exclusive to microsoft they just kind of gave it to me does that make sense i love that Mm. love it couldn't be happier because I don't care if a PlayStation user can play the game or not, because I'm playing a game at no additional cost to my subscription. A subscription which I mostly fund through Microsoft Rewards and don't pay that much, you know what I mean? Most of my Microsoft Rewards come from me using Bing of all unforsaken things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, using uh, like, like the, the, the cash back I get from purchases and stuff like that, right? And so, like, I bet... I benefit and everyone else gets to still play and, like, it, it's literally a better situation than back in the 360 when it was just, like, you know, everything was exclusive to one system or another. I, I don't care if other people complain it or not. I care more that, like, like they've created a system that feels better to me as a consumer than the exclusive system, but that is what we would be forced back into if they killed it. You know what I mean? That That is what we'd be forced back into, and it would suck. Mm-hmm. Now, we probably still get everything on Game Pass, so, like, it's still better. You know, because they're not going to sign a lot of those deals without Game Pass, baby. But they'll pay more money for them.
0: Hmm. Now, um, Crusader, is this a part of your soapbox, or are you no, leading it's into it? No, this not. This
1: was just something Centurion brought up, and I thought it was excellent.
0: All right. Because now I want to hear uh, your thoughts okay. on this, honestly. Because uh, again, everybody so, here has had some really awesome points, and I want to end off with you.
1: I, I I'm I'm legitimately frustrated and tired of talking about the regulators every time Activision Blizzard comes up, <laughs> right? But and so I wasn't even going to talk during this segment. I was going to tell you this evening. I didn't really want to chime in during the segment. I don't I don't want to talk about it anymore. But on the Twitter versus is, 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 right? Some people are out there complaining that people are doing what the CMA asked, sending their opinions. And that we're defending a trillion dollar company for free. Motherfuckers, I'm not, you know, and I'm going to curse through this. I'm not and I'm not oh. apologizing. Motherfuckers. I'm not doing it for free. If this goes through, I get games on Game Pass. I get more games on Game Pass. I directly benefit if this goes through. So, yeah, I'm going to write this. I'm, I'm I, I, Originally, I had said uh, I, I was considering writing. I was considering that. I'm going to write the CMA, you know. I'm gonna be respectful. I encourage everyone who has an opinion on the subject to be respectful and write. Don't don't be like Xbox better, Mal. It's dumb as shit. R- write what you what you think. Your your genuine opinion, right? But but it went further than that. You know that they're they're complaining that like we're writing them for free, right? They're out here saying that like instead of writing a letter to them, you should go and get a, a associate's degree or a bachelor's degree. Motherfuckers, I have two bachelor's degrees. I have one in mathematics and one in computer science, right? I was summa cum laude. I graduated with a GPA of 397. I had the highest award that my department could give me when I graduated, right? When I walk into a room, generally, I'm the smartest person in the room, but that doesn't make me above everyone else, right? I'm not going to belittle someone for doing what an organization said and, and come out and be like, go, go better yourself. No, because genuinely, Every time that I enter a room with people, I learn something. I learn something from every member of this podcast every time I'm on it, right? I'm not better than anyone. The only time that I ever feel, and it's not even feel, I know that I'm better than someone, is when someone is specifically talking down on people, right? I know I'm better than the person who's talking down on people, because talking down on people is the lowest form of anything that anyone can do, right? If you have an opinion, and I don't care if you're you have an Xbox opinion or a PlayStation opinion on this matter. If, if, if you're going to say that you don't want the deal to go through and that's what you want to write the CMA, go and do it. That's your opinion. That's, that's what the CMA is asking of consumers, right? I I want the dealer to go through. I think it'll be better for at least consumers who are like me, right? It might not be better. It's definitely not going to be better for all consumers because at least some Activision Blizzard uh, games are no longer going to be released on, all systems some of them right now not call of duty call of duty is still gonna be released everywhere but so uh, i understand that some people might be against this and they want to write that they're against it good you should everyone should right if they if they feel strongly enough about it i'm not going to tell you you have to go out and do it but but you should right and it it irritates me to no end that we, we have these disrespectful people that that exist and and want to belittle people. You'll never see me purposely belittling someone unless I see them belittling someone else. Then I'll come in and flex all over them and tell them they're shit, right? Uh, but I- I'm not above anyone on this panel. I love everyone on this panel. I respect everyone on this panel. They're all my equals. And it- it's just so frustrating to see how people act and treat each other. This is not how people should be acting and treating each other over something as Trivial as entertainment companies buying each other—it's dumb as shit. Be no, better.
0: Now, no, now, no, no. this is serious business. We're all invested in this. <laughs> yeah. uh, obviously, I'm just right? kidding, but
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I know you are. Um, and it's it's frustrating. Dot. So everyone see a dots in chat. Dots is dots has been my best friend for like how like well well I should say one of my best friends. I don't want to hurt any other best friends' opinions, uh, feelings, but he has been one of my best friends for. 10 years of my life, right? So he gets to say these things in chat because he, he knows that, that it'll frustrate me. But it's just so frustrating to hear people say that you shouldn't go do something that an organization actually asked you to do. Now, if, if if I see you guys emailing and trolling the CMA, I'm going to be under your bed because that's the opposite of what you should be doing. You're not helping. You're not helping anything. Go and write A well-thought-out opinion and send it if you feel so inclined I do feel so inclined and I'll I'll write it and I'll probably publish it online when I write but it is so otherworldly frustrating to see people just being so bitter online don't be bitter online be better have fun this is gaming right if you're if you're not having fun, then you need to, you need to, like look into, look look into your life and think about why you're not having fun. Go have fun. There's thousands of video games to play, you know. And, and I'm not uh, like this is not a message to anyone on this panel. I don't want anyone to think this is. And I'm not. I am not going to name names as to who I'm talking about. Um. I, I I don't want to. I don't think I need to. I don't think I have to. I, I'm not. I'm not a confrontational person, and that's why I haven't said any names. I, I don't want the confrontation. I don't, I don't care for it. I'm just telling people to be better, right? And yeah, don't be better. Be better, right? That you can quote me on that. Um, it's just, it's so frustrating that this shit brings out the worst in people. Don't let it bring out the worst in you. Have fun in gaming. That's that's my TED talk for tonight.
3: Yeah, that that's fanboy culture in a nutshell for you. Uh, I, if I had to sum it up, I mean, I I know I I, uh, I I understand it. I know a make I know fanboy culture is not rational at all. It's all very emotionally driven. But at least I understand it enough. I think it's all about the status quo. P- PS4 dominated last generation the fanboys they ran amok they they ran online like 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 they like they like they were kings of the castle they ran the joint and now i think the status quo might just actually be upset and when you have someone cornered um and and they know that the that the status quo will be shaken up it will get worse before it gets better i think that's what it all comes down to xbox fans are tired of being picked on they're staying up for themselves and PlayStation fans, they don't want to have their power, their 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 online clout power taken away from them, and that's why you're seeing all this toxicity. It's just, it's just, it, that's just what happens when there's a shakeup in the industry. Uh, people want, some people want change, and some people don't like the change. Is what it is. It it's just, I'm, I'm. I know. It's tiring. I know. I know. I know.
1: <laughs> and it's not. It's. And I, I, I'm not even... I see it everywhere, right? I see it in our own community with things. Not not in particular the ABK acquisition, of course, but I see it in our own community with things. I see it in PlayStation community. I see it in the general community. I saw people gave honest opinions about how they were feeling about various games, right? From, everything from Gotham Knights to Plague Tale to to the God of War previews, right? And And people are going and harassing reviewers over what they're saying, saying that they're clout chasers and uh, they're owned by corporations and it's what's wrong with you stop
3: I people I know everyone's I, on edge I know, like I can't
1: I, I can't take it like it, it's so it, it's so frustrating I, I see people going like it's the death of gaming and I'm like what oh, the fuck do you mean games have legitimately never been better on all platforms like it, the, the bar keeps getting raised by everyone. And I I, I just, I don't get the, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get where these people come from, right? This is the first time in a long time i felt a strong desire to literally own everything and play on everything, right? I, I'm I'm so happy playing everything. And I, I feel like there are just so many people who are just sad and angry. And it, it's time to stop, right? Like, filthy Frank with the clock, it's time to stop.
0: Mm-hmm. No, well said there, nope. uh, Crusader. Just, Go ahead, Centurion.
4: I just wanted to, like, uh, C- oh, I'm a Centurion. Uh, Crusader's right. Um, See, here's something that's like, some why, why you know, for starters, the Xbox fan base needs to calm down. Uh, the, Like, the, Xbox's end goal is not to destroy PlayStation. They want to compete with PlayStation. And with competition, you get good things. This goes out to the PlayStation fan base. Why are you cheering for Sony to continue spending millions and millions and millions of dollars on Call of Duty? We all hear the trash talk every single year. And we also, what, what does Sony do for gaming? They create third-person, over-the-shoulder experience, a cinematic experiences. That's the only thing that they're known for god of war ragnarok comes out in november what do you got after that what think about it it's once god of war you know excuse the pun shoots its load on the fucking industry it's done you what do you got there's no no, there's not another god of war game out there we already know that what what other big name games is sony working on other that are not that are factual. I don't care about the hypothetical or the leaker over here said this, or the industry insider over there said that it could possibly be that we all know that once God of war, Ragnarok occurs, that's the game that everybody's looking forward to. What is Sony got? They've got, you know, there, it seems that Sony is more concerned with the fate of call of duty. Why? What, 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 can we please get Sony to actually do what they did back in the day? And that's create a brand that had games like, you know, regretfully, like Activision put a lot of these games multiplat. but I remember some of these games that were very uh, fun and at least uh, innovative when it came to competition in the market. We had Crash Bandicoot. We had um, Tony Hawk. We had uh, Spyro the Dragon. There is a lot of potential for Sony to use with resistance, the fall of man um, and other titles that they are just letting go dormant and they are spending millions and millions of dollars on a marketing campaign for a game that almost everybody talks crap about every single year. Like it seems like the only innovative thing that Sony puts a lot of money into is VR. Something that captures like maybe five or 6% of the fan base's uh, attention why doesn't sony go out and try to create another blockbuster game like god of war something that really gets the fans to be like yes that's why i freaking own a playstation but no jim ryan is spending a lot of time and effort into protecting call of duty
0: mm-hmm. well said. Well, no very well said. actually very well said from across the panel damn guys you, you were on fire uh You know, honestly, I know that we can go on and on and on about this. And personally, I'm probably in the same camp as Crusader about, in a lot of ways, I'm just tired of talking about it. But things keep popping up and certain discussions keep popping up. And, you know, in some ways, we got to talk about it. We Uh, got to.
1: Like, I thought Bethesda was bad. Right. (laughs) This is this is magnitudes worse. Mm -hmm. Right. The Bethesda conversations didn't stop. But this is this is next level.
3: Because it's at compounded. it can't get
1: worse. It can't get worse. There is no one bigger. <laughs> right? It it can't get worse
3: than this. Oh, it, it'll get worse. Believe me, it'll get worse before it gets better. <laughs> it this is, this is not this is not the lowest point. I, I got a hunch, but something tells me in the new year it'll get lower.
0: Just wait. Oh. Just wait until uh, something like Sega gets announced. <laughs> but Monopoly. The... Oh yeah, right. But again, we can go on and on and on about that, and I know a lot of guys here are <laughs> have been uh, going back and forth in the chat about this, and guys, it's great to have you here, of course, and if you haven't done so already, smash the like button and share this out, uh, not to keep pe- repeating myself, but hey, I'd love to have people here joining the conversation. Um, any other thoughts, guys, or uh, can we move on? Yes, no? Okay, alright, I'll uh, move on to our final topic of the night. And Konami has finally lifted the lid off of their new Silent Hill projects, ones that they've been teasing for a while. Uh, in, a recently, in a recent showcase, they unveiled multiple games currently being developed for the series, including a remake of Silent Hill 2 done by no other than Bloober Team. Um, you know, the ones who did the medium. I thought it was a pretty cool game but uh anyways uh Eric Bud I'll uh curious I'll be going to you on this. I'm curious what you think of this. Uh we've known for a while Konami was bringing back Silent Hill and a few other titles, but we didn't know how big that they were going to go. Uh what are your thoughts on the uh game reveals for the remake and the other ones?
2: Yeah, um yeah, it's cool to see that they're actually starting to start Tapping in their IP other than just like releasing, you know, Castlevania GBA collections. Um, because they've been pretty much like dormant since like Metal Gear Solid 5. Um, so that's definitely nice to see. Um, I didn't really see much on the other titles other than the remake because that seemed to be the popular one gets uh, shared around on, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm definitely interested in playing that. I know I've I've started Silent Hill too. Like I think on the uh, on the 360 like HD collection. Um, it is weird what they kind of decide to go with his face. At least from that first glimpse, kind of looks like Joe Biden to me. <laughs> now I can't get it out of my head. Or like a Jeff Dunham. Uh, oh Grandpa yeah. Puppet. Yeah. I, I see. I'm <laughs> just yeah. like, why is he making that smug face? I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, that's cool that they're remaking. Hopefully they'll do some of the other ones. Uh, maybe like, I think the room could be a cool one. I know that was always an interesting one that I played halfway through. Um, but yeah, it'd be cool. I'm, it's weird that they started with two and not just one. Um, yeah, they don't, have, I, I they don't have a remake of one, do I'm they? Silent Hill fans. But I don't know if people have on the panel played Silent Hill, the first one. <laughs> um, but I think that one's supposed to be good as well. I know it's super dated, uh, but maybe they'll do some other titles that'd be cool.
3: Um,
2: I think some of the was it uh, Parasite Eve was that Konami as well, or was that just uh,
0: I'll be honest, jumping I, on the I, bandwagon. I, I don't know off the top of my head. They all had a
2: similar type of feel, like those survival horror games. So I can't remember if Konami had those as well. But um, that'd be cool if like if they do more of the Silent Hill franchise or do something with it either do a, an actual new one that we haven't had for i don't know a decade or so um mm-hmm. well, they, and yeah did but yeah we'll see
0: oh no they just they announced a lot of stuff uh besides the remake uh silent hill downfall which is a spinoff yeah. uh silent- Does most of those seem to be like either double a or smaller titles
2: it seemed or if i'd didn't read it correctly, but. <laughs> mm,
0: to be honest, I'm. Not I think 100% one of them sure. said double A, but yeah, I'm not sure about
2: the other. So I think one was supposed to be a like more double A, but. But yeah, we'll we'll see how those. How those turn out. Yeah, but, they also announced a yeah, movie I'm too. Glad that they're actually doing using them now, so. <laughs>
0: yeah, they announced a movie as well: Return to Silent Hill. Which hey, if anybody's excited for that, let me know. Uh. I don't know what you guys thought about the the older Silent Hill movies, but I don't know. I thought that this is interesting because there was always a rumor going around about Konami uh, getting reinvested in a lot of their more popular IP. Silent Hill always came up. There's been rumors about it for years now. Castlevania has also come up, so I wouldn't be surprised if we heard something about that in the near future. But one thing that got me, Eric, was uh, with the Silent Hill remake is that it's a PlayStation exclusive for a year. What do you think about that?
2: Oh, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, that that's... <laughs> I mean, that's just par for the course at this time. Like, that's what they're doing with everything. And I would have assumed if this ever did, you know, them start making Silent Hill games that Sony was going to... that they're going to be a timed exclusive. If they ever, you know, could I actually started releasing Silent Hill IP again? So, but yeah, it is funny with everything that's going on. That's another part of the whole CMA thing. That's, you know, them saying, hey, look what they're doing over here with, you know, making these exclusive. And I get it would be timed exclusive, but sometimes they make some of these deals one or sometimes even two years where it's like so far in advance that by the time that. Thing actually comes to that platform you know it's it's old news like it's like when tomb raider a year later comes to playstation uh no one was talking about it so
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's interesting the reaction going on too because remember uh when you get one year exclusives to these franchises like you said you know there's supposed to be an uproar like with what was it rise of the tomb raider oh man so who, what is uh Konami apologizing for it now? Yes, no on social media? No, I don't think so. So it's funny how that Crystal goes.
4: Dynamics is still the only developer to ever apologize for one year exclusivity, even though Xbox flipped the bill for Rise of the Tomb Raider.
0: Hmm. Yeah. No. Uh, going over to you, Centurion. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been invested in the Silent Hill games. I mean, but I would still love to know uh, your reaction to this uh, Silent Hill kind of live stream event showcase whatever you want to call it uh i don't know what what do you think of the announcements
4: i read the articles um i will be truthful i work so much i don't even really get to tune into as many events as i want to i always catch them on the replay uh this one i sat at work and read the the re- read the articles that would pop up it's good to see that obviously like this brand is finally getting out of the litigation hell that it's been stuck in. Uh, it's going to start being given another chance in the game industry. I remember when Silent Hill was a very big popular game on PlayStation, of all places, um, and everybody was talking about Silent Hill, and then the movies came out, and oh my god, like, it's... It's kind of like what happened to Resident Evil, you know. The freaking you want to tear a franchise down, you know. The kiss of death is <clears throat> make a couple movies out of that franchise, and don't worry, you will lose a lot of mind share for that franchise real quick. Same with the Silent Hill movies and what it did to the Silent Hill franchise. Mm-hmm. And what really kind of hammered at home on Silent Hill's issues was the the problems with Hideo Kojima, Konami. And other people involved with its development. And it was just basically stuck in this purgatory where nobody could really do much with it. Um, It's good to see that it's once again, uh, you know, having the dust blown off of it. Um, But it is very interesting to see that, yet again, a developer wants to go multi plat with a game. And here comes Sony with a bag of money. And they're getting this exclusive, you know, timed release, which isn't a big deal. But it's my main sticking point that I have been saying this entire time that if it's bad for Microsoft to do, it should be bad for Sony to do. There should not be a clear double standard in the industry where Microsoft bad, Sony good, whatever Sony does, it, it, it's great, best thing since sliced bread. But Microsoft, they're, they're out to take over the industry and and, and just do bad things like that's my only argument is that I just think it's very interesting that Sony is once again, uh, doing exclusive access to a game, uh, timed. Um, there's even rumors that PlayStation, uh, like squashed having any kind of a PlayStation event for the rest of the year because they don't want to give any more fuel to Microsoft's argument to the CMA, because for some reason, Sony wants to make it look like, oh, we can't compete. We can't compete We without Call of Duty. We can't compete. Please don't mind the man behind the curtain. Don't man. Don't worry about the exclusive games over here. Just, we can't compete when we all like literally even, even Sony knows it's BS. The The fact that this game is going to be at least exclusive one year, maybe two years. Even Sony knows their argument of not being able to compete is BS. And this, the situation with Silent Hill proves that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well said. Oh, man, you brought up those uh, Resident Evil movies. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, something and, I want to I... get out of my head. They were Some of them were filmed <laughs> near me, too. <laughs> you know what?
4: I own every single one of them physically. Oh, nice. So I add them to my collection. I mean, it is what it is, man. Like, if you want me to be crazy, the first Resident Evil movie was pretty badass, um, and what really hammered that game home was uh, a lot of people don't know that the soundtrack was done by Marilyn Manson, and mm-hmm. Marilyn Manson is one of those artists that know that you can affect a human mo- human emotion with sounds and music, and when he scored Silent I mean not Silent Hills, when he scored Resident Evil with the soundtrack that it had... I feel like that's what really helped push that game over, I mean, that movie really out into mainstream, showing like, hey, this just might work. But then the second movie came around, and all of a sudden, it's like we've shoehorned characters in, and we've got Mike Epps going around saying, you know, Mike Epps making PlayStation jokes of all thing in the second movie so uh, like that's when it's like oh boy yep they're going down this road so yep they're the first one was a very short-lived success
0: mm-hmm. right <laughs> uh curious uh, some other thoughts on the panel uh crusader i'll hit you up but um i don't know if you have any interest in uh konami or any of the silent hill titles but again like uh, it's been a while since we've seen anything silent hill related and it's good to see a whole bunch of games pop up uh, got any thoughts on it
1: All right, so one thing I've learned in my now many moons of podcasting, right, is that I'm the youngest one generally on every podcast. I'm only like 26 years, right? I have not played a Silent Hill game. I only vaguely know about them because of the pyramid head. That being said, I really, really like when games become more widely available and franchises return and things like that because i'm not someone who craves the need for a new ip all the time um i, I would be happy like for example fire were i just made mass effect and dragon age for the next forever right i don't i don't necessarily need new ips i just need good games and when i see that most of the people who i know that are silent hill fans like um Dreamcast guy, for example, is a big Silent Hill fan. Um, he was freaking out over the Silent Hill news. He was so excited, and that makes me really happy as someone who, you know, that was me when the Mass Effect Legendary Edition came out. So seeing the Silent Hill fans be very excited about, you know, their uh, their games coming back, um, that that that's that's awesome to see, right? That that is that that's really awesome to see. Now these aren't like I mean, one's a remake, but it's not... From what I understand, it's not a one-to-one remake, right? Because, it, it, like, the, the old Silent Hill games were more like the old Resident Evil games where they were kind of, like, the, the weird fixed camera kind of thing. This is an actual, like, like the, the more third-person-over-the-shoulder style, like the, the new Resident Evil remakes. So, like, it's cool to see that even though the Silent Hill 2 remake is not one-to-one, that they, they are... Like, they're doing something new with it. That, that that's, that's cool to see, too. Um I probably won't play them at all. Maybe I'll play them later when they're a little uh um like cheaper or something like that. I'm not the biggest um not the biggest horror guy. I mean, if that hasn't come off, I don't know what will. But like they look cool and I'm definitely not going to be their day one, but maybe I maybe I'll get in get in on the action after the fact um i uh, but they, they looked good and i'm happy that a lot of people are excited the the one trailer if you're trypophobic, i don't know if anyone in chat's trypophobic or if anyone on the panel is tripophobic um if you're trypophobic, the the one trailer is really really bad for trypophobia. um there's holes in the person's face that like plants grow out of and it's uh i'm not tryphobic personally but like I, I do i have a couple friends who are it, it, i had to tell them not to watch the trailer because it would set them off right away um so th- that's just a warning to anyone who is trypophobic. don't don't watch uh, i i don't know which trailer it is if you dm me because you are trypophobic, i will i will find out which one it was for you so you don't have to watch it
0: all right good to know good to know uh yeah, no, I can't say that I am, so uh, that's a good. Did, did
1: you know what trypophobia
0: is? It's on the. T- I'll be. It's like. It's a, it's what's like it the fear of? Honestly,
1: honeycomb what? pattern style holes in things. Usually, like when the, especially in things that aren't supposed to have that, like uh, like bone and stuff like that. It it sets off people that the pattern makes them very uneasy, and it's it's not uncommon for people to have. Uh, it's why a lot of horror movies and things use it because, it, like, like the, the 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 honeycomb hole style patterns because it it, it unsettles people a, a lot. Some people find it exceptionally repulsive and it makes them sick. Like the the way scorn and needles and stuff makes me sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that that's why a lot of that's why they use it in in that silent hill thing because it does make people uneasy.
4: I, I found out about this thing when about what you're talking about when the iPhone came out that had three cameras on it because yeah. apparently people it with people off. it set them off. They're yep. like, I can't even look at it. And it's like yep. it's just three cameras. Are you serious?
1: Yep. No, I, I have trypophobic friends and that's that wasn't enough for some of them, but like they they, they were like, I can see where people who are trypophobic were getting set off by that. Like it, it it's wild that yeah, that's an extreme case, but like, yeah, it 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 sets people off, and it's it's definitely something that I hope that that game has a disclaimer in like its store listings and stuff like that. Like, like the games like have the arachnophobia modes and like the and and stuff like that, because it it's a it's a it's a real thing. Um, that 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 makes people upset.
0: Hmm. Now let's see to end off this conversation, uh, General MLD. I'm not sure what your history is with the Silent Hill games, if any, but uh, I mean I'd love to know your opinion on like Konami's recent announcements on these games or like uh, Silent Hill uh, 2 remake being PlayStation One year exclusive. Uh, please lay it on us, brother.
3: Oh, yeah, um, for one, I have no experience with the IP. I grew up on Resident Evil and Dead Space. That was always my thing. But I do recognize this has a uh, devoted fan base. Good for them. Their, their IP is getting some, uh, you know, fresh content. I mean, like, I mean, I, I'm ecstatic about the Dead Space remake. So, hey, I can only imagine they feel a similar way. So, yeah, all that aside. Uh, most of my commentary will be about the time exclusivity. That in itself, I don't really care because again, Silent Hill is more of an association to PlayStation anyway, not so much with Xbox. So I, I could, I, I could, I could care less about you know them getting the win on that one. Uh, if anything, it's just business, right? Like, uh like both, both sides have time exclusive games, so mm-hmm. no big deal in itself. Uh, what I'm really uh, want to talk about is people online. They say that. Uh, Xbox fans compare this to the acquisition. And I think that's completely false. Uh, It's not, we're not comparing it one-to-one. That's just silly. It's more the principle of the matter that you can't complain about Xbox locking away third-party content and when PlayStation is all too willing to do it themselves. And this is just one example, but there's many examples out there. So it's just another, I think... If anything, it really, it's pro-acquisition because PlayStation will always have someone to give money to. They'll always find a third-party game to get a perk or time exclusivity or some kind of benefit to the PlayStation gamers. They will be just fine. There will be many other Silent Hill examples in the future where they'll, they'll jump on it, they'll give money, they'll get exclusivity, and it'll sell consoles. So that is the point of any online narrative clashes is that yeah, like no matter what Xbox does, these examples will always keep rearing their head. and I'm sure there are other examples too of, of time exclusivity that Sony is keeping close to the chest because they don't want to give uh, Xbox any ammo. But regardless, they will clearly find ways to compete and yeah, that said, good good for the fans who uh, who, who are getting this. So yeah th- that's my two cents. Okay,
0: fair, fair. Uh, very well-balanced approach. Uh, again, I'm like you, MLD. I mean, I don't really have a lot of experience with the Silent Hill games. I played a little bit of them, but uh, you're right. They absolutely are associated with PlayStation more. Um, there's more of a fan base there. But again, I'll, I know a lot of uh, Xbox, like, horror game guys who, you know, would love to see this title come. It's just going to be a little bit of a wait But, uh, hey, you know what? We got a lot to look forward to. I mean, we got the Callisto Protocol coming in, uh, what was it, December, like you said, this uh, Dead Space remake, and a lot more, a lot more. So, I'm not going to worry. But, uh, yeah, no, I just uh, close out the uh, Konami Silent Hill talk. Uh, I'm glad to see Konami uh, bringing back uh, this IP. It's been a while, and I hope to see more Castlevania in the near future as well as some others again it's just it's good to see it's good to see overall but uh yeah guys i think on that front we'll start to end things off here again fun chat uh, great discussion across the board Uh, we talked about uh, the new plague's tale game xbox battling with the cma in the uk and uh, some talk on the new silent hill games getting announced lots of good stuff now to you guys listening in did you enjoy the chat tonight well let us know uh please leave a like uh sub to the channel if you haven't already and share out this episode love to have more people here watching and tuning in also feel free to leave a comment afterwards now over to the outros uh let's see starting off with uh, centurion pal hey awesome thoughts awesome commentary yeah uh, where can everybody follow you
4: Hey, man. Uh, it was a great show tonight. Thank you, gentlemen, for some awesome conversation. Thank you to everybody out in the chat. You're awesome for tuning in tonight or catching it on the replay. Uh, be sure to give the show a like and subscribe. Invader does work hard to help keep this place going, and uh, we just love seeing the support for the show. For those interested in finding me, you can find me right here every Sunday night on TXR, and you can also find me every Wednesday night on uh, Gaming Beyond the Box with Hood. Um, I know he's been like really, really busy with things going on. Uh, obviously he owns his own business, and that can be very demanding at times. So, trying to find a good time to line up the show uh, has been a little difficult. Um, I know he definitely uh, has plans to have another show. Um, but yes, gaming beyond. I'm also on gaming beyond the box when uh when we do have the show. Um, if you guys are wanting to see my content you can also find me on youtube i'm also on twitter xbox live and uh thanks for tuning in
0: mm-hmm. well said and wilmy does a great job at hosting has got an awesome channel and as well as everybody else on the panel there. really awesome uh, folk uh moving on down here eric shockley buddy hey i thought you had a really awesome show tonight uh where can all these fine people follow you at Yeah, as always, you can find me at Shock Twitter, or sorry, at Shock Twitter.
2: Jesus <laughs> Christ. At Shock Nero on Twitter. Uh, easy to Shock on the Xbox
0: Live. But yeah, good
2: show tonight. Good topics. Uh, see you later.
0: Mhm. Short and sweet. I like that. I like that. Uh, moving on down here, General MLD buddy. Hey, lots of passionate talk, uh, especially on the CMA stuff. Loved it. Uh,
3: where can everybody find you at? Thank you. Thank you. And a uh, little, little note here Centurion, uh, this is a very progressive panel. We appreciate your skepticism. It's, uh, yeah, it's what makes us uh, all, all great here. So, yeah, that said, everyone can find me at MLD Ghost on Twitter, Gamertag Ghost MLD. And, yeah, great, great show. I had a lot of fun and looking forward to the next one.
0: Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. Moving on down here, Crusader. Buddy, hey, love the rants, love the uh, opinions and uh, whatnot and everything that you bring. A lot of people in the chat seem to agree. Where can everybody find you at?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, you got to sometimes you got to make sure the community knows that, like, sometimes it needs to self-check not our community per se (laughs) just the gaming community at large i got yeah you can find me at crusader three four five six on twitter you know every plat gaming platform i'm either at crusader three four five six or i'm crusader lord of the realm uh reference to this maybe someone will get the reference someday um but uh yeah you know uh follow me on my, my favorite app to be followed on is backlogged where I keep a running journal of all the games that I'm playing, my backlog, my wish list, uh what I'm playing, what I've played, when I've played it. Follow me there. That that's where I want people to follow. Me. Great show
0: tonight. hmm Agreed. Agreed. And uh just to round out the crew, of course, I'm Invader. You guys can find my content over on YouTube and a few other video platforms at Invader Gaming. Also check me out on Twitter at Invader underscore one nine eight six. Also, hey, I'm on uh, Rumble as well. Uh, Just find me at Invader Gaming, uh, hoping to uh, grow on there. So, hey, if you got Rumble, definitely, definitely give me a a sub. Excellent stuff tonight from our crew. Uh, Timmy couldn't make it. Uh, Make sure to uh, message him on Twitter and, uh, you know, just... uh, politely be kind to him (laughs) no i'm just i'm I'm kidding i'm kidding but uh guys we cannot wait to uh, see you here on the next one there'll probably be lots of stuff to talk about i'm already thinking of a few things as of right now but uh yeah later guys it's been a great one